Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 44 of the Adventure Games Podcast. Uh, I am joined once again by Thomas and Laura. So hello guys, how are you? Very good. Yes, very good. Close to the, the end of the year now. Yes, yeah. it's that time already, and it's going to be 2020 <laughs> in a few wow. weeks, which is terrifying. Yeah, which yeah. I cannot believe. So, um, so and we, and we still don't have flying cars. I don't get it. No, no. not yet. Disappointing, uh, really. Yeah, no hoverboards. Nothing. No. Not yet, and good thing we don't live in a dystopian world, because that's what many people predicted. You know, good thing that everything is absolutely fine all around the world and everything. But Indeed. Um, indeed. So, um, so now we've got a lot to, <laughs> to talk with. We've uh, played a lot of games, and we have a uh, bit of news as well, some awards and game announcements and that. So, uh, But before we get to that... Um, I wanted to talk about, very, very briefly, again, Patreon. We have a new patron, a new person who subscribed to us. He or she is called Triple Bad. Not Double Bad, but Triple Bad. And they are a new contributor, so huge thank you to them. It's uh, really great uh, to have more patrons there. You really help with the podcast. And speaking of Patreon, I uploaded two new exclusive episodes in the last two weeks, two interviews that I did at Adventure X, one with the developers of Terrapods, which, well, part two of my interview with Sam, where they spoke about uh, after the Kickstarter, they spoke about the reaction to the Kickstarter and their demo and where they are with the development of the game. And they, I also spoke to Small Island Games, who are working on Haiku Adventure. So if you guys remember that game? Yes, at yes. Adventure X. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, yes. me too. It was a, a, a very unique concept uh, that they had. No, absolutely. So he spoke, uh, well, they spoke a little bit about the concept of the game and how they were able to make a game about poetry without being poets themselves. So it was, it was fun to speak with them. So you can get that on Patreon. So it is on patreon.com forward slash Adventure Games Podcast. And uh, you can subscribe there if you so wish. And one of our patrons as well, again, Yank Harek, he, he gave a mini review on two games. He said he finally got the time to play Clam Man. And oh, great. This is what he said. So he said, I absolutely loved it. It is a really well-written and fun piece of comedy. The absurdity of the characters, the plot, and some moments like the song or the soliloquy made me laugh out loud several times. Short but very entertaining game. Then he said, sadly, the team didn't put much effort into the puzzles. They are poorly crafted and practically non-existent and even unnecessary. Now, he does go on to say, I say this as a fan of puzzles in adventure games. I know it is more a narrative adventure game than a classic point and click. But since you have this great writer and this funny world, it would have been a perfect moment to make a couple of truly memorable and completely absurd puzzles. And all in all, though, he said, it is a remarkable game. I enjoyed it a lot and got to fall in love with the characters. All of them very well defined and written. It is totally worth buying this game. Now, 
don't think we've too much to add to that, uh, Thomas. We've spoken about this a lot. I I can understand where it's coming from with the puzzles. It it didn't really bother me because I enjoy the game so much and the writing so much. Yeah, uh, me neither. I I but, really love to, but that is why we play mostly adventure games. Other people prefer to uh, get the intellectual challenge of the puzzles. So I also get that point of view. But in general, we agree on uh, on the writing and on mm-hmm. the, the the funny of this game. So. Absolutely, and Jagerik said the same as well. Now, he also said, as an add-on, I also got time to play Feria Darl. It is well has a very... Thank you, Mitzi. It has a very beautiful pixel art and animations, nice music, and a very much appreciated scent of the classic LucasArts adventure games all over it. Nice puzzles, not difficult, but tricky. Another short and really adorable and enjoyable game. I'd like to see more of Molly's adventures in Arl soon, a toot alaire. So um, I actually bought this game and I'm currently playing through this game. And uh, Speaking of puzzles, I'm currently stuck on a puzzle. Now, I, I haven't oh. played much of it, but it's really embarrassing because Tom Simpson, the developer of this game, who's a really nice guy as well, he showed me this exact puzzle <laughs> oh, at Adventure X. And I... I cannot remember. <laughs> I am trying to remember, but for the life of me, I cannot get the horse to move, but I haven't played much of it yet. So. <laughs> I love not knowing what that puzzle is, but yeah. just, I it can't could... get the horse to move. And, it, and, to it's, and it's not anything. a logic puzzle either. So No, it's, from what I can see, they, they do see most of the puzzles seem to be with inventory base that you have mm-hmm. to combine inventory items and you have to... Uh, you know, use them with other things. And I'm pretty sure I'm missing something that I'm missing. I would say Adventure Game 101, if you aren't able to do stuff with the items you've got, you haven't got the right item. Exactly. Exactly. Go to all the locations again, because it does seem to be a short enough game, although it could take me 10 hours. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. It's a very funny game as well. The humor is really, really good. So I'll have a full review uh, probably in the new year when we next <laughs> record. So, um, so as I said, that is Patreon. So, um, now shall we get to the news? So, quite a bit of news. Uh, now we can fly through this because there is a lot. Uh, there was, uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there was a video game awards last week. Um, yes, it was uh, on at um, a time when I was up for another reason, um, which, really? I, which yeah, <laughs> I wish I was just up for the Video Game Awards, but there was something else going on in the UK throughout the night. Oh, really? Well, Yeah, but let's well, not talk about that. As um, far as I know, this was the only <laughs> vote that mattered, right? The only no vote comment. last Thursday, last week that mattered. And comment on that. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, it, but it was... Kind of shocking because you mentioned, Laura, that um, the untitled Goose Game didn't win, which yeah. I believe ev- everyone on the internet was talking about. No- nothing else. No other votes. Nothing else, I believe. I think that was a bit of a shame, to be honest. I love that game. It's not a, a classic adventure game per se, but it's a really <laughs> funny... I mean, you just play a goose that gets to like run amok in a village. What what more could you want from a game? But I mean, it did have some good uh, some good news, though, didn't it? There's some good news announced during the show. Yes, uh, apparently Disco, first of all, Disco Elysium won Best Narrative Game, which, as far yep. as I know, it's not exactly an adventure game. It's uh, called by the developers an open-world RPG, but there is a focus on, I believe, characters and dialogue and narrative. 
Yeah, um, I would say it's a cross between. Mm. So there, I mean, there's. I, I know certainly for uh, adventure gamers, we'll we'll be looking into reviewing it. So it's got oh, enough, cool. I think, to. And, to and watch I, hope, I hope to be reviewing it for the adventure game podcast because I got the game. Yeah, well, oh, I'm jealous. To get it, but it's a long game, and I yeah. really hope to have time sometime. But it's gotten overwhelmingly positive reviews, and. Uh, before we move on as well, Tailspinners, remember I spoke with Chris Tihor a few months ago, who was the festival director of uh, the Wordplay Festival. He also works for Tailspinners, and Tailspinners is the company that helps not just adventure game developers, but game developers in general with the narratives in their games to help them, uh, you know, smooth the narrative and, you know, make it better and improve it. They helped work on Disco Elysium on the narrative of this game, oh, wow. and it won best narrative so you know that's a great uh, promotion for them that works their help works at times so that is disco elite we won three other awards as well best indie game as well but there's also other news which really interested us that was announced at the video game awards the wolf among us season two came out of nowhere yes that was fantastic news and this time it seems to be really happening because we've been here before, we've been burned. So I know a few people might be like, I, I will believe it when I see it, when I see it released. But this time it seems to be really happening. I think, yeah, if they've announced it at the Game Awards, that it's got to, right. then it's got to be happening, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited. I, I played season one. I really enjoyed the kind of lore and, you know, I wasn't really aware of the sort of comic book signings before the graphic novel beforehand but um yeah i really enjoyed it i mean it, it felt like a kind of classic telltale game so it'll be interesting to see if they still use that even though they're technically a different studio but it'll be interesting to see where they go with it this was my uh, gateway into uh, telltale games because i had oh. never played a telltale game until really? a friend of mine showed me wolf among us and it wasn't only a, a gateway to telltale it was also a gateway to the fables graphic novels which mm. were even more brilliant than uh, than telltale games i mean it was it was amazing and the thing that triggered me and i, I might have told this story before is the the writing I, th- I found so good that there was this one point in the game where uh, you're fighting with uh, a very nasty person and you have the option to keep fighting and i kept fighting and then you know, at one point you had the option to rip someone's arm off and i did that and i felt so bad that I finished the game, immediately went back to uh, replay the game, went to that point and chose not to rip his arm off so I could just clear my conscience of that. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm, I'm a very goody-goody two-shoes when it oh comes to dear. stuff like that. Oh no. Yeah, that, that, that's what, that's a, one of the great things about the Telltale games, which we have spoken a little bit about, and I will be speaking about another Telltale game toward the end of this episode. But, um, but yeah, no, I... I've read the comics after uh, Wolf Among Us season one, and I loved them as well. I loved the writing. I loved the world. It's so really, good. It's a really, it's a grown-up version of yeah. fairy tales in yeah. New York. It's certainly not for kids. Oh no, yeah, absolutely not. No, no. But, but it, it is really worth it. It's twenty-two graphic novels. It is a closed story. So after these, uh, there are spin-offs, but the the, the main story ends uh, with uh, episode twenty-two, and uh, it is. 100% worth it to get into it. It is so good. Yeah, and there's also a novel which uh, which writer Bill Willingham wrote. It's not as good as the comics. It's, you know, I didn't think it was as well. It's still good. Yeah, but, I didn't realize um, that. But, uh, but yeah, the comics certainly are really good. And 
Um, yeah, looking forward to that. Now, there is an interview with the current Telltale uh, head who on Forbes, and he gave a little bit, not too much, but he said the game won't be released in 2020. It will be released in 2021 because he wants to give them time to work on the game, which is good. That uh, It looks like they want to avoid the mistakes that previous management Telltale made, that they're working on one game at a time for now. And he gave some more details about the game as well, which I would include links to as well. So I'm looking forward to Oh, and the final thing is this is being developed by Ad Hoc Studios, which is comprised of mostly previous Telltale employees. So they're, I believe most of the previous people who worked on season one of this game are working on season two. So the directors and the lead writers are working on season two as well. And I believe the actors who played Big B and Snow White, at least, are, are coming oh, back. Oh, right, okay. Two. They're coming back, are they? Oh, that's good, so, at least. There's a bit of continuity yeah. in that sense. Yeah. Because they were really was, good. Oh, voice, absolutely. Voice acting-wise, yeah. I, I'm just wondering... Because the chances of this happening was slim, of course. Mm-hmm. So now they get to make a season two. Do you think they're going to end the story with season two? Or do you ho- think they might hope for a, a big success and a season three here? I suppose it depends. I mean, the, this is a prequel to the comics uh, or the graphic yeah. novels. Uh, I believe it's set 20 years after the first season. Um, for what the developer, from what the head oh, wow. said, okay. and what he said was after this game that I believe he mentioned it would be five episodes, you know, typical Telltale. And once this is finished, uh, he said he didn't know what other IP they would work on, but he wants to work on an, I think, an original IP or okay. another IP that they haven't worked on. So it's still kind of up in the air. But yeah, no, I, uh, I, I also bought Wolf Among Us, which was free on Epic. I don't know if it's still free now. Time of recording. But season one, I got that on Epic Game Stores. Oh, also, season two, uh, this will really make people happy. It will be an Epic Game exclusive, <laughs> which I don't yeah. mind personally, but I know no. a lot of people are not happy. Some people are yeah, not fans of that. But that. Anyway, it's, oh, it's, it's the future. It's going to happen more and more. It's, uh, we, have a, we, we have streaming wars on TV, and we're going to have streaming wars mm-hmm. yeah. on PC. Exactly. Uh, it will still it, be on PC. And on PS4, I believe, or consoles. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, because so, I guess the previous Telltale ones have been on PS4 as well. <clears throat> yeah, so that's The Wolf Among Us Season 2, and I will put a link to the interview with uh, Telltale Head there for more information that people can read. Also, uh, some other really good news. There's a lot of good news uh, today. Uh, we spoke about Blade Runner a few weeks ago, and this is now officially on GOG. Yes, uh, yeah. so this is great. great news. So it's on GOG, and Thomas, I believe you just bought it before yes. recording. I still have to buy it. Because I'm going to buy it right I, now. I, I <laughs> really, really want to play this game. I never finished it. I never got to finish it. And no, same. I, I do have extremely fond memories of this game, of playing this game. I know it was hard, uh, but in a very good, challenging way. And I'm looking forward to revisiting, revisiting it. I hope it holds up. I have a feeling it does, uh, because mm-hmm. it was way ahead of its time back then. And I, uh, yeah, I, I have to get into this uh, after Disco Elysium, probably. So uh, you'll have my opinion in 2021. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. So back in 2021, because uh, Disco Elysium will probably take, what, five hours a day and still you probably won't finish it. <laughs> um, but yeah, and also we forgot, I forgot to mention last time we spoke about it that I forget the name of the person, but somebody wrote comments on the Adventure Games podcast website. And they told us that Blade Runner now is 
It has subtitles in both English and French because the original version had no subtitles. So again, we can now read subtitles in both English and French with this version, I believe. So this is on GOG. There are a lot of uh, languages supported, like five or six languages supported, Italian, French, German. um, For this version? For for this version, yeah. That's that's, that's what uh, what I saw. Okay, so, well, I'm sure we'll be discussing it more in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's Blade Runner. Also, don't know if you guys remember Mudtropolis at uh, Venture X. I know you, you didn't I play, did. Laura, but you did, Thomas. Uh, no, I, I did I, play I, it. I, I oh, did, you did play it. I was, oh, I was I'm so sorry. I missed developers it. when you were playing it. I'm so sorry. I, I mixed, played I'm, I'm... every game, Shosha. Don't forget, I played every game. My apologies. I mix the two of you up. I, I do that sometimes. We are very similar. I can understand yes. how you We, we look so much alike, you know, the, 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 re- yeah. the red-headed British girl with the, the bearded bald guy. Yeah. I mean, the, the similarities. <laughs> well, it's good. good for you both, maybe. But, uh, yeah, so Metropolis has a publisher. Uh, the publisher is, uh, I hope I get the name right, Application Systems Heidelberg. It's yeah. the same publisher Everybody who publishes... Belonging and um, exactly. Ellie Coutelot and Lamplight City. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So they are now publishing Metropolis sometime in 2020. So again, this is Great. the archaeological game set in the future. Uh, we played a demo and, you know, we spoke about it and we wrote about, well, you guys wrote about it. And uh, so we, I'm sure we're speaking about that more in 2020 as well. Yeah, also, I really enjoyed that demo, so I'm looking forward to yeah, that. Yeah, it looked really good. And the, the, the whole concept was uh, was pretty well thought out. So I'm glad they're in safe hands now and we get to play it. Yeah, looking forward to it. And other good news. Uh, remember Fate of Atlantis? Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's not not an official remake, but there is ah, an yes. unofficial fan remake. It is called Raiders of the Seven Cities of Gold, which is a very Indiana Jones type title. Mm-hmm. And they are working on this game. As I said, it's an unofficial fan remake. And they're going to release a demo of this game on Christmas Eve. So we know what game to play oh. <laughs> over Christmas. And nice. again can find out more information about this on raiders of the seven cities of gold.com and um now I, ju- I really hope that this game isn't closed down isn't shut down but they're promoting it so and they want to get the word out there so yeah how does that know? work in terms of when it's that kind of thing yeah, well, that kind what, of ip like are they able to well, i, I saying, never know how these things work i mean i'm not entirely sure but what I believe they're saying is that this is for free, that they're not making any profit out of. So it's a bit like fan fiction, I assume they could say, that they're having their own fan fiction of the game. They're not profiting in any way, and they're not taking credit for the creation of the characters Mm. or the previous game. So, uh, you know, I know that other games like this had been shut down. There was a King's Quest game a number of years ago, which was shut down, and then it was brought back again. So I really hope... I really hope that uh, that uh, it's good and that it can be released. Uh, I believe they're working under free time. So, uh, again, the links to this game will be on the show notes. Um, elsewhere, I don't know if you remember my interview with Agustin Cordes of Senscape. Well, he had also some really great news that he got, well, his company, his studio, they're working on Asylum. And they got a grant from the Epic Store 
but it won't be an Epic game exclusive. So oh. I got a, don't know how much, but a big grant to finish off Asylum. Nice. I believe it's the first adventure game to get this granted Epic Games. Sometimes give grant to developers who they believe deserve uh, the money to continue making the game and finish the game. So they gave it to Sandscape Studios. So uh, Augustine said on his Discord page that they can, I think, uh, hire another artist and uh, add other things to the game and finish the game the way they want to. So still no release date, hopefully in 2020, but it's very good news as well. Uh, not really bad news, but not uh, as good news. Beyond the Steel Sky, the release date was pushed mm. back to 2020, but not really surprising, I don't think. No, I don't. I'm not surprised by that at all. I mean, I seeing the um, being shown the demo of it in August at, uh, um, at Gamescom, and they were when they were saying then. I think they were saying December release date, and I think everyone was a bit surprised when yeah. they were saying that. It was like, really? I mean, not that it was a bad demo. It, was, it looked good, but it was like clearly. There was still a lot more just, you know, polish that needed to be put into it. Um, so in a way, I I almost think it's a good thing. Exactly, you it's know, a good thing, yeah. You want them to take the time and a couple of more months, you know, here or there isn't a big deal, really, at the end of the day, if it's going to result in a better game. I hope so. Yeah, that's the whole point, of course. I mean, why else would... And it's not like this is a triple A game that has to make its deadline. I exactly. I way much prefer... Uh, our our beloved adventure games to be to be good and later than to be uh, not good and just you know oh here it is and yeah it happens way too often and yeah, I don't want that with these games. Yeah, because from the videos that I've seen, it always seems to be at the very beginning of the game, mostly yeah. outside of Union City. Now yeah. maybe it's also possible that they don't want to give any spoilers, but yeah, I was I'm not surprised at all by this, and also I think it is good that. I would say that they should work on it. Sure they are, but uh, that not to rush it. Because we've seen before when developers rush the release of games that has bugs and that. So uh, hopefully they will take their time and hopefully Beyond a Steel Sky will be a really good game. Because it's probably number one on the hypometer <laughs> from I Adventure so, Gamers. Yeah. Or close yes. enough anyway. And finally, with the news, um, another game that was announced a few weeks ago. It was on Facebook that it was announced by developer. Uh, now I'm going to get this name wrong. Apologies in advance. What is it? Uh, well, this is okay. This is a Croatian developer, so I'm sorry, my Croatian pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it. I need to work on it. Obviously. Well, see, it's just Josip Makjanic. Um, that sounds like you did quite well there. Thank you. Yeah, it sounded, sounded pretty natural. And what's the name of the game? It's Uncharted Roads of Marco Polo. And he said he and his friends are developing this game in their free time. It's a game which is set in Croatia, where you will be able to experience relocations, people's stories and legends, and learn a lot about it while playing it. Now, I believe it's still very early on in production, but you can find out more about it from their company Facebook page, the company's Crobit Arts. And uh, it's facebook.com forward slash C-R-O-B-B-I-T arts, A-R-T-S. And I will add another link to this on the show notes, but uh, he has some screenshots there and he has a quick video as well. And it looks very nice, actually. Now, this is from the old prototype. So this is what they are working on. And again, the backgrounds look kind of like a broken, sorty feel to it, you know, cartoony graphics. So we'll see 
when we find out more about it. So that again is Uncharted Roads of Marco Polo. Speaking of the Video Game Awards, uh, in conjunction with the Video Game Awards, Steam released some demos for 48 hours. And some of those demos were for adventure games. Uh, Laura, you played some of those games, uh, didn't you? You played one of them? Yes, I got around to uh, it was annoying. I, I downloaded a few more because they were all for free, but for mm. 48 hours. And I didn't really get through as many as I wanted. But I did have a go at Wood and Nickel, actually, um, which is actually, if you remember uh, last, I think it was either last time or the time before I um, reviewed Burly Men at Sea. Mm-hmm. Yes, we remember. Uh, you remember the Burly Men? We uh, uh, remember you we uh, talking about Burly Men, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes. We, we remember you had a huge smile on your face as you were speaking about <laughs> Burly, what, what you did when you saw Burly Men at sea. Yeah. <laughs> well, the same so, yes. developers <laughs> behind that have... Um, and I, it was funny because even before I realised that, when I was playing the game, I was like, oh, this really looks like the same kind of... Um, art style and game aesthetic kind of bright pastel colors as burly men at sea and then i was like oh it is by the same people so that mm. will be why it's called wooden nickel and it's quite a cool little game i only played a little bit of it um but it's basically it's set as you, as you might maybe expect in it's set in the wild west but the idea is it's a little bit reminded me of things like 80 days where you um all your activities you pick from the uh, old the town newspaper. So this you'll look at this newspaper and there'll be these different like stories that you get like a couple of lines about like uh, a gold mine that's just been discovered or some guys having an argument in a pub and you click on that story and then you're kind of brought into that world and you can interact with it and you've only got a set certain stories you can look at throughout each day. So you've only got, you know, it's kind of Burley Men at Sea which had one story and different paths you could take but they've opened that up to a huge extent basically and it looked it just looked really fun it's it's only you've got one week i think to sort of explore the town through these stories and that you sort of pick a mix um but yeah it was a cute little game and i'll be intrigued as to what more you can do really it's um it it seemed like quite a a fun idea any burly men (laughs) <laughs> there weren't any burly men, so that would be a Aww. minus one point for that. Yeah, that'll be in the con section and disadvantages section yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. burly men. There should be burly men in every game, at least from these developers. There should. <laughs> <laughs> so burly men in the Wild West. <laughs> yeah, burly men at Wild West, not quite as good. Um, yeah, no, I played this demo as well, and I really enjoyed it. As well, as you mentioned, it was nice clicking on the, you know, the headlines and the newspapers and then going to those locations. And you could only, as you mentioned, go to certain mounts or yeah. certain locations. You can't do all of it. And so there's a lot of replay value because you can go back and play again and go to the different locations. And so I'm still curious to know how that will affect, you know, whether your actions there will affect, um, you know, events later on in the game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's minimal graphics, but, again, I thought it was, you know, it didn't bother me at all. It looked kind of charming. Yeah, it's charming. It's quite pretty. I also like on their Steam page, they've put the planned release date as 1895. (laughs) So we'll have to go back in time, maybe get a DeLorean (laughs) or something. I don't know how that's going to work. but uh, That's definitely going to pop up in those newspapers. Something Uh, something referencing... uh, Back to the so, future three, I'm sorry. Probably, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. So yeah, so that is Wooden Nickel from Brain and Brain, and 
uh, yeah, looking forward to finding out more about that. I really enjoyed it, really enjoyed the concept, and curious to know more when it's released. Um, now, I did play some of the other games as well. I played the demo for The Drifter, which is an Australian game by mm. Powerhoof. Yeah, and I really again, wanted to play that one. It's I really, really enjoyed it. Now, it's it's short enough, It's uh, but it gives you a real taste of what to expect from the game, and I'm really, really intrigued. So you play as a drifter, as who is a homeless person. He's on a train, on a uh, you know carriage. Uh, he got a phone call from his sister saying that her mother had died, so he's going back home to you know go to the funeral. And I don't want to give too much away because there are surprises. You know, there's another homeless person in the train, and then uh, he seems to be talking nonsense. But then something happens, and uh, then. You know, things develop, shall we say, and then he meets another friend of his called Bill, another homeless person, and he's also he's talking to his sister on the phone, but his phone dies, and she told told him that she had changed her address, but then so you need to charge your phone somehow to be able to call her back to find out what the address is, and so to do it, you need to speak to this other friend of yours called Bill, and then there's a young reporter from the Herald who. It's kind. It's kind of like the everyday person. She's very insensitive at first to the homeless people. You know, she's saying that, "Oh, yeah, I'm here to do you know research for or write a story on you homeless people." Right. And, okay. And then she lit. She takes out a bottle of rum and says, "Hey, I'll give you a bottle of rum if you can give me a good story." All <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. And. But then his reactions are, you know, very good, very funny, you know, saying, oh, well, because she, she doesn't come across as like a bad person, just that she wants to get it, you know, a story. And he's trying to teach her, look, you know, we are people as well. So and then the story developed from there. And I'm really, really curious to know what happened next. Um, there's it's full voice acting as well. And there's mm. also narration. And I love the voice acting of the main character. He has a very gruff but kind of sympathetic uh, persona and voice as well and um, and yeah the, the graphics are pixelated 2D graphics uh, which look beautiful in my opinion uh, yes anyone I, I'd say the, the graphics look, um, look really pretty re- like as you say like kind of pixel but kind of re- retro-y and, and just lovely sort of lighting as well looking at some of the, mm. the demo mm-hmm. art no, absolutely. And uh, then the puzzles in the game, they made sense. They were logical. I wasn't stuck at any time. Now, again, you do have to talk to characters and uh, explore the area as well. So this was just a taste of what to expect from this game. Now, there's no release date yet. And also the music and the sound effects of everything, it seemed really, really good. Um, I would also say there is a, I mean, it's a bit of a twist at the end. Although if you do read about it, then you can probably see what it is so i would say to well i mean demo is not available now but yeah. the developers did reveal more about it but um but i'm not going to say just in case and um, but there's no release date they said it will be released when it's done yeah. so we've gone from 1895 to when it's <laughs> done. Uh, but i'm really really intrigued about this game so everything from the story and the voice acting and the graphics really really intrigued me um yeah and did you play rookie at adventure x last year i Laura? did yes i did yeah I, I that was one that i played and i um i really enjoyed that actually it was um an interesting uh, as you said that that's another demo that was for the uh, out for the game awards wasn't it um i i wonder if it was the mm-hmm. same demo as 
Did you also play the demo? I played at, uh, it, Adventure yes. X? Was it the same demo or I, a not, different not, one? Not at Adventure X, sorry. I didn't get a chance oh, to do okay. it at Adventure X last year. I played yeah. this demo. Yeah. Um, so, again, you play as this. So, this, the curious thing about this game is it's developed by Polygon Treehouse, which is an, an English company. Yeah. And But they're making a game about Scandinavian folklore and mythology. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's kind of, you know, a cool, you know, uh, comparison to make now. So you play as this this girl. You're in the forest. You know, you know, it's lots of snow, and you meet a troll, and you need to take the sword out of the troll. Is this the same as the demo, or is this different? I'm trying to think back now to when I played it. Um, I think when I played it, it was your you were with your little, I think, brother or sister, your, your okay, sibling. Okay, different then. Ah, okay, so it's a different demo. Oh, damn it! I should have played it. <laughs> I was oh, thinking, well. oh, it'd be the same one. Um, well, oh, you... well, yeah. Yeah, well, I, you know, it's only about 48 hours, so... Yeah, so you play as this girl, you go to through the forest and you have to try and take a sword out of a troll. It was a seems to be a gentle troll, a friendly troll, who's under the bridge. And to do that, you need to explore the area, you need to go to an abandoned uh, kind of laboratory kind of house place. And then you also have to get into an abandoned church and grave and that... And then you look for objects there as well. And again, it wasn't really difficult, but I loved the exploration side. Now, developers did say that this game would be best played with a gamepad. So um, you play or with the keyboard. So didn't have any issues with that, but I know there might be some people who might, you know, prefer obviously point and click. Mm. Um, but I didn't have any issue with the controls or anything. The graphics look really, really beautiful. Um, I, I loved the you know the location and the snow and everything, and it it looks really really nice. And again, short enough, but you know again puzzles similar to Drifter in a way with puzzles that is more about exploration than finding the objects, using the objects on other things. But then, <laughs> uh, unlike the Drifter, this seemed to be more a melodic game because the Drifter is not melodic. It's uh, no, I it's, I got that impression. And I think what I remember the developers sort of saying is that they wanted this to sort of be an adventure game for everybody. So it's one, exactly. you know, there there will be difficult puzzles, not not difficult, but there will be puzzles. But, you know, they if you need a helping hand, there will be one. And it's kind of quite accessible in that way. Right. So, yeah, no, it looked, as I said, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm really curious to know about it and the developers say that the planned release date is 2020 those were the adventure games the demos of the adventure games that we played so um yeah so shall we go on to the actual game the games that we've been playing well actually we can if you want we can start with you laura uh the first game you played which we've also which we have spoken about a little bit uh well a lot thomas and i which is whispers of the machine or a machine but you got the chance to finish this game. So what were your thoughts? I'm very curious to know what you thought about the game. Yeah, so it's funny. It's another kind of Nordic this time, I guess, noir. So I won't go too much into the story because you've obviously mentioned it before. But, um, I, you know, you play this uh, sort of cybernetically changed detective. Uh, I, I, I have to say what I really enjoyed about this game was just the the amount of uh, obviously like work that went into the lore of it in terms of the building this world, this sort of post AI world. And you can kind of discover as much of it as you want 
because you can go around and sort of when you speak to people they'll mention little bits about you know there's this thing called blue which people are enhancing themselves with and robots have you know ai has technically been outlawed um so and you can sort of get snatches of that but if you want to you can when you start clicking into things and i really wanted to find out more about what had happened in this world and you can find out a lot so i thought that was really cleverly done i thought the idea of you're not just um solving puzzles with like inventory puzzles but also you have these different um augmentations um such as super strength or you can you have to scan things um to get like the dna scanner and and find traces of people's dna and that will lead you to different places that was really cool i thought that was sort of really opened up what um people have an issue with sometimes in adventure games that it's a lot of just dragging items combining items and that's how you solve puzzles um and i also liked it what made it even more open was the fact that you have to you know choose the way you reply to people and you know you can be empathetic you can be assertive you can just be a sort of robotic and that will change i wanted to not just be empathetic i wanted to try and do other ways so it wasn't just that um yeah so i i I, yeah i just really enjoyed it i just loved that there was so many different ways of of um of uh of playing and i'll definitely want to i definitely want to go back to it at some point and replay it and uh go through it again and and just see what opens up when i am maybe less empathetic (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah i just thought it was a really really cool story and um it's it's not really i wouldn't say it's particularly funny or anything it's more of a it's a more serious style of adventure game but i i enjoyed it i thought it was just and i think the story we all did did got different endings didn't we i believe so yeah because even though thomas and myself that we were both empathetic because we're really nice guys um <laughs> uh but we 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 had slightly different endings i think which we can't really go into now yeah. but we will at some point in a spoiler special maybe yeah early next year i think when we're all back after christmas I would have to replay the game because it's been quite a while ago now that I played it. Yeah, it is. I mean, and as I said, there's a lot of different bits to it, um, you know, about the history. It's a complex story, yeah. Yeah, And it's not an easy game either. No. No, there were bits I had to sort of, um, I did look up because I was just like, I've gone I've gone round and round and round and I've tried everything. And so I'm going to like look for a slight hint and then like that gets me to the place where I need to go and then I'll try and work it out but yeah it wasn't I would say it wasn't easy but there was nothing where I was really like oh that's once I found out what I was supposed to do I was like oh of course okay that makes sense so it was nothing really illogical right, yeah the, the yeah. puzzles made made sense and uh and yeah so no illogical puzzles you know no try to find this item to use on this item <laughs> What you know, to when you can just use a baseball bat or something. Yeah, um, yeah. But I kind of like that as well because one of the enhancements was, at least that I got, was strength. So, and some of the puzzle solutions were uh, varied. You could have different puzzle solutions that you could yeah. use inventory objects, say, to open a locker at the very beginning, or you can use brute force, you know, from the strength <laughs> enhancement, which, <laughs> which is really kind of nice to just see the character uh, just you know, tear off a locker door without going through <laughs> all the bother of combining 50 different uh, inventory items. Myself and Thomas have already spoken about it. I spoke with one of the lead developers already, and that interview will be going out early January. 
believe. And that uh, we also did a spoiler special with him. And so that will be going up on Patreon at around the same time uh, in January, early January as well, where he did go into detail about the endings of the game and his ideas for the story as well. And but I say it is a complex game, you know, because it also yeah, has it really is. some big ideas, you know, about AI and everything as well. So yeah, but that's necessary, uh, mm-hmm. and that's that's oh, it's not a complaint. It's not a no, not a criticism. I've, no, 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 absolutely not. I love I love that mm-hmm. and. It is sort of a cyberpunk game, and that is just that has to be in a you can't have a cyberpunk game without big ideas because it it has to tell you something about about life now, so this dystopian future. I would love to see more uh not necessarily a sequel to Whispers of a Machine, although that would also be fun, but I would love to see more stories in this world because yeah. you only we only see the tip of the iceberg of about what happened uh here. Mm-hmm in this world, and I would love to see more uh, stories developed in, in this world. Well, the developer I spoke with, his name is Joel Staff Hostel, I believe, because there's two developers. Uh, I forget the name of the other developer. I apologize so much for that. And he, so the other developer made the Samaritan Paradox, and Joel made Cathy Rain, and they both got together and made this game. And so in my interview with him, he spoke about how the two of them worked together, that it was generally 50-50, that it wasn't just one person who had more authority than the other. It was 50-50, so he spoke about that. And then, as we mentioned as well, Dave Gilbert was in charge of the voice acting. So I was going to say, yeah, the voice acting is really good. It, it is. It's excellent. Yeah. So, so, yeah, Dave Gilbert didn't work on the story of the game. He just did the voice acting. But again, it's... Really, really good. And Ivy Dupler plays the main character. And I mentioned this before, that she is really, really good in it. Um, and I'll be talking with other people who had very good voice acting uh, just a bit. So that was Whispers of a Machine. So we'll be talking about that more still next year. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, think it, I think it, is, it deserves it. So, uh, yeah, that is out now. Now, I played... Uh, remember last time I spoke about Heaven's Vault, but I've played other games, shorter games this time uh, that I was able to play. The first game that I played, because after Heaven's Vault, which I really enjoyed, which is a third-person, narrative-focused, very long game, and this game, you could say, is nearly the opposite. It's, it's called Discolored, and it is a first-person narr- well, not from a first-person puzzle exploration game. And so nearly the opposite. It's a very short game. It takes about between two to three hours. And now, to be completely honest, I don't usually play puzzle exploration games, first-person puzzle exploration games, because usually I prefer, my personal preference is third-person narrative games. But I wanted to give this game a try because I saw this game when I first started the podcast, and I was very intrigued. So it's from developer Jason Godby, who also made The Search. And... Now, this game is very surreal. Um, I'm going to try to attempt to explain the story a little bit. Um, so, basically, in this game, uh, you you were sent to a roadside diner because somebody or something has taken the colours away. And that's why we have the name Discoloured. So, your objective is to put the colours back into this world and into this location. So, to do this, you uh so when you explore more so you can see it's kind of like a creepy black and white uh you know look 
And so then when you go in further to the diner, you see that there is this shape, a triangle shape that's in green. So then what you have to do is find basically a triangle uh, or a glyph that is green. And to do that, you need to explore and need to find different inventory objects and then combine them and then find this as well. So it could be in different locations. It could be under a mound of dirt. So you might need to get a shovel and dig under the dirt or it might be in a well. So you need to find a way to get it out of the well and things like that. I want to find the green triangle, put it into the green uh, triangle space. Then the colors will change to green setting, green visuals. And so then that will slightly change the visuals as well. Then you can uh, continue on with the puzzles and with the story as well, because then some of the things will change in the setting there as well. So it is hard kind of to explain, but um, so the, sto the story is told mainly through exploration and through, uh, you know, the atmosphere as well. There's no dialogue in the game, but you, you explore and you find out, you know, what has been happening. And so the puzzles themselves, now some people, especially on Steam, said that they found the puzzles very easy. Thankfully, they're not as difficult as, say, in a Myst game. I was able to do them, but I wouldn't consider it easy. You do have to, you have to be very observant in this game because, as I mentioned, when you find other colors and you have to kind of, uh, you know, try and figure out, okay, so with these colors, the game looks different. So you can then maybe uh, complete puzzles this way. One or two maybe logic puzzles with numbers then as well. And uh, so... But again, I was able to do to solve the puzzles eventually. There is also, uh, the developer also included an easier setting. So he included this type of, it's called a viewer. So you have this hotspot of a viewer with certain interactions. And so you click this object on this hotspot and then you see another location. So it doesn't give you the solution to the puzzle, but it tells you where you need to go next, kind of. So it kind of helps you along the way. And that's good though that's yes. good though in that there's like so i prefer that if there's a, a hint system rather than exactly. just telling you exactly what to do and it's completely optional you don't need to include that if you don't want to if you want to go straight ahead now as i said the puzzles they're not as difficult to say in mist or any games you know like it they, they say that they're logical within the game so the game itself as you can probably guess is surreal so the developer mentioned in an, another interview, which I heard, that he was going for a vibe of uh, the Twilight Zone, uh, or think uh, Welcome to an episode, maybe of Welcome to Night Vale. So that kind of thing, ah. which is just kind of you just just picture this, you know, roadside diner in the desert, and that you know that that it's you know very very surreal and kind of something is out of place. You need to figure out what's going on and then put things back. Uh, you know, all working again. Uh, but in terms of visuals, it looks beautiful. Even though they say it's, you know, black and white, it's kind of like a colored black and white that you know that there's still these colors in the game. So again, it's hard to explain. But then when you change when you, the color to green or red, and you can see the differences, you can see it light up. And this location, you know, with the sun setting and the desert as well, it, it, it looks, you know, really, really beautiful. And then there's, uh, you know, you can see the moon uh, at night as well, which does figure into the game as well. And um, some people as well on Steam were saying, you know, that it was, you know, short. But And yeah, it is short, but it didn't really feel like it, if you know what I mean. And the developer yeah. the developer says on the Steam page that the, he intended to make this game 
able to be played in one sitting. So between one and two hours, if you can get to puzzles, if you know exactly <laughs> what to do, you can maybe finish this in 20 minutes. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, as with everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it took me about between two and three hours, I'd say, um, right. trying to figure it. Now, as I said, I was never really kind of, you know, frustrated, stuck, you know, figuring, trying to figure out what was happening, you know, and then doing the different combinations with colors. So it was kind of, you know, enjoyable. Yeah. Um, as I said, there's no, um, you know, there's no voice acting or no dialogue. You discover the story all through exploration, but it does nail the atmosphere. As I mentioned, it does really feel like an episode of Twilight Zone or Welcome to Night Vale. And yeah, the music as well, it's, it's not really in your face. It's a, you know, more haunting soundtrack. It's more, it's very subtle, but, mm. you know, I really liked it as well. And then towards the end as well. So, you know, again, it does finish this part of the story and then it does end on a little bit of a, shall I say, cliffhanger. But it did leave me wanting, you know, more. Like it, I do, I would love to play more games at this setting. I was going to say, did you ever on. play uh, The Witness? Because it sounds quite no. a lot like The Witness. I've heard good things about it. But no, I've yeah, never played I think that. The Witness is maybe a bit harder. I know some of the right, puzzles yeah. of The Witness are actually quite difficult, but it sounded like a, a sort of a shortened version of that, maybe. Yeah, no. I mean, as I said, if you're, especially if you're used to, if you, as we mentioned before with uh, Yagrik, if you like puzzles in games, I think you might like this. It said they're not really difficult or illogical. You know, I'd say illogical. They're most, you know, logical within the setting of the game. And, you know, as I said, I, again, would find them tricky, not uh, hugely difficult. You should be able to get through it eventually, but you do have to think. So it's not just, you know, click here, click there. Yeah. I did have to, you know, think, okay, so what does this mean now? Also, oh, the colors have changed. So now to explore, how has the world changed? And it could be something very simple, very subtle, like a clock, you know, that has a subtle change as well. So you do need to be very observant. But, you know, the best thing I can say is that, as I mentioned, even though I don't usually play these types of games, I still really enjoyed it and was able to play it. And as I said, you know, it's available on Steam and I would definitely recommend that people check it out. It's um, you know, it's not expensive and it's well worth, I believe it's, uh, at least in euros, it's six euros uh, 49. Or you can get this and search together for six euros 98 at the time of recording. I have played a search, but I've heard some good things about it as well. So, you know, definitely everything, you know, the developer, I think he nailed the atmosphere. He had some, you know, nice puzzles in the game and it's a very intriguing concept. And I would definitely like to see more. So um, definitely if you, you know, some people, you know, really enjoy first person puzzle exploration games. If you do, I definitely say to get this game. Even if you don't usually play those games like myself, Mm. I still recommend trying this game out. And seeing what do you think? So, yeah, that is discolored, and yes, it's discolored, spelled with the Amer- American spelling. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I I just searched for it to put it on my wish list on Steam. And there, and I was find like, it. oh, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, it's, the American version. <clears throat> Good it's, to know. It's D I S C O L O R E D. So, uh, yeah, so that's discolored. And nice. so, uh, Thomas, uh, we haven't yes. heard from you in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was just. Nodding my, nod, nodding my head, agreeing with what you were saying, and then realizing nobody sees that on a podcast. So. <laughs> well, maybe if you put a video, maybe people, you know, also nodding, uh, listening to the podcast. You never know. 
But um, so now speaking of colors, <laughs> you <laughs> this you've also been playing a game where one particular color uh, is in the game, correct? Yes, I've played a full motion video game called She Sees Red. Uh, it is developed by um, a Russian uh, developer, and basically it is a playable short film, like a choose your own adventure game so you see scenes and then at certain points you have a couple of seconds to make a decision and the decision you make depends on uh, the man um, shows you the rest of the story mm. uh, the goal here is to find all the endings so the first time you play it you will get one ending uh, the next time and, and it actively encourages you to do a second, a third, and fourth playthrough. There are four endings. I've found them all in, uh, by now. Uh, there are 62 scenes that you can uh, find in total. I have now found 58 of the 62 scenes, and I, am, I have uh, 12 of the 15 achievements. So I am going to go back and make a few different decisions to see if I can find those last four scenes and see if I can find um, those last three uh, achievements. Now, what is here, what is going on here is the story is um, there is a murder in a club and um, someone is investigating that murder and you're basically uh, seeing that investigator talking about what, uh, what, she, uh, what she's seeing what she thinks has happened, and then you see what has happened, and that's the person you play. So you play the murderer in this case, and uh, you try to find out what the entire story is. Uh, so the one playthrough will take you about twenty-five minutes, and okay. uh, it. I played the first two. I played in uh, in English with. Uh, dubbed in English. The second two uh, I played in Russian with English subtitles. I like that better because you you see the actors talk in their own language. Uh, you hear them talk in their own language, of course. The production values are quite high. You're, you're really looking at a short film. The acting is good. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on. There are some nice twists in the story. Uh, your choices don't always end in the way you might think they end <laughs> and the fun thing is like with with a good thriller or a good mystery uh, movie once you've seen it and you go back you see it in a different light so that's with this game as well if you've uh, reached the end and you've seen uh, uh, one of the endings you might know you would definitely know more about what's going on and that will influence uh, how you experience uh, the game when you play it again. So I had actually had I had a lot of fun with this one. Uh, full motion uh, video games tend to get a bad rap, and often rightfully so. I must say that one of my favorite adventure games of all times is a full motion video game, which is Gabriel Knight: The Beast Within, okay. which I thought was absolutely bloody brilliant. Um, and this game is de fall definitely with both feet on the good side of. Um, of the divide 
it's no uh, plumbers don't wear ties uh, at least <laughs> so it, uh, i mean i've played uh, or well, i say played i guess you'd say watch but a watch slash play bandersnatch so is it a bit like that it is a bit like that yeah so uh, you you have to make uh, you have you have little time to make a decision so if you're in the meantime also doing something else you might <laughs> miss you might miss that um, but uh, yeah it's it's very dark it's very bloody there is uh, the the red in the title uh, uh, is uh, is prevalent. I uh, I can't really explain the title because that will be spoilers. Okay. Uh, but I I thought that the the story was good. It was well acted. Uh, there were it was good production value. It's almost as if I'm talking about a movie because it is basically a playable right, yeah. a playable movie. What you're what you're looking at. So yeah, I thought it was really well done. I, I had a, a few fun hours with it. Yeah, I saw a trailer for it, and it looks really good. As you mentioned, higher production values, because usually, with now I haven't played too many FMV games. I, you know, one of the few I played was Gabriel Knight to the Beast Within, and even with the with that game, you know, sometimes as much as I enjoy the game, sometimes the production values they you know wouldn't be exactly like like a movie. Now times have moved on, times have changed, but I was thinking, okay, I guess I better look at this you know video. See what this trailer see you know see what it's like and while I was watching it I was like oh bloody hell this looks good this looks yeah. like a proper movie yeah. you know, does, like yeah. a, and you know because it had you know the you know the visuals it looked it looked very like HD very crisp very clear they looked like actual locations because a lot of FMV games I believe they are in green screen it, it didn't look like that at least no like no no everything was uh, as far as I could tell it was all on location. Uh, it, it it looked like it was shot in an actual club. Uh, mm. If they if they did that on sets, they they did a great job in emulating that. Um, so yeah, I was uh, I was very impressed by uh, uh, by Rhino Tail's efforts here, uh, and the story is good. Uh, you do want once you've played it through once, you do want to know because there is a lot more to find out. This is the kind of stuff that you would normally see um, if you were watching a movie. You would see flashbacks and flash forward etc and here you only see certain things if you pick a certain road or a certain route so for instance at one point uh you have a choice to make you either go the path you wanted to take and you need to get past a few people working there or you go through the kitchen and try not to be seen there so uh, obviously i took both routes and um what happened there was also influenced by choices I made before because in, in, in the kitchen I got into a fight and that fight is either between you and one guard or between you and two guards, depending on one of the decisions you made at the beginning. And that unlocked uh, certain other choices and uh, unlocked different endings and unlocked uh, different scenes. So I'm, I'm, I'm breaking my head to, to understand what the four scenes are that I've missed. <laughs> I was, I was, I thought I was pretty thorough, but I must have uh, some uh, choice uh, ability somewhere that I uh, that I need to take. So, and so, it's yeah, since it's such a easy to, to play through, yeah, you can you can play through. Uh, you you can do it in half an hour, you know, uh, mm-hmm. right before before dinner, and uh, if you have a bit of time, yeah, and I I definitely recommend the game. Sounds good. So it sounds like the choices do matter in this game because we spoke about the choices. Uh, in other games, like in previous Telltale games, people said, oh, you know, or in, you know, kind of choose, you know, these types of games a lot that, 
a lot of times that the story will still play out the same. But in this yeah. case, it does seem like the choices that the it's different depending you met with one guard or two guards and four different endings and it's a short enough game so it's it sounds like it's a, it's full motion video so uh, everything is recorded it's not like something new is going to happen so right. in, that, in that way of course the 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 choices only have an impact up to a certain point but they have mm-hmm. impact because they steer you towards a particular route and they steer you towards a particular ending, and even up until the very end, you're making you're making choices, and you try to get those four endings to see all those endings because I think if you like me, if you've seen all four endings, means that you've made a, quite a few choices on, along the way and seen most of the important uh, important scenes, uh, most of the murders. More, it, it is a very, as I said, it is a very bloody game. There is a slight nudity in there as well, depending on which choice you make at a certain point. So uh, it is a it is a mature game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and you do feel that the choices you make have impact. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So not nice. one to play with the kids. <laughs> no, no. This, is, this, is, this is definitely uh, uh, 15, 15, 16 years and older. Or grandma. All right. That depends on what your grandma is like. <laughs> My grandma probably would like it. So. I love it. <laughs> oh, we're going to call you grandma now, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that is She Sees Red. So thank you, Thomas. And that is available on Steam, I believe. Yes. And yeah, again, I see it's pretty, you know, cheap. It's good value, six seventy-nine euros. Don't know how much that is in dollars, but um, yeah, it looks good. At least from the trailer that I saw, it looks like with some very high production values as well. So absolutely um, good, good acting. Yeah, cool. Okay, so um, Laura, now you spoke about one detective game before, and I believe you played another detective game. Which yeah. is, is it a super serious game like Whispers? Of machine that you played. It's so serious. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's so bloody as well. Yeah, Much speaking like of bloody games. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's um, it's Frog Detective 2. Yay! Uh, which I just love. So it's, uh, it's a sequel that you may have um, heard maybe of the first one, uh, Frog Detective and the Case of the Haunted Island. Uh, but if not, there um, it's kind of a you can play the, the second one standalone as well, and you play the titular frog detective. Um, it's a very uh, hilarious game, uh, is what I will say. There's a, this is a game. It's not about the puzzles. It's just about the bizarre cast of characters, quite <laughs> frankly, that you get to encounter. Um, and you, you play this sort of smiling little frog and you, you go in um, the second one, the case of the invisible wizard. Uh, basically, the whole case is that um, this uh, village has been wanting to throw a uh, party for their new guest, the wizard who's arrived. Um, but somebody has ruined the parade decorations. Oh, no. Um, and that's the whole mystery. And you have to go around the village asking the um, weird animal inhabitants uh, who might have ruined the uh, decorations. Um, and in the first one, it was a similar thing that um, this island um, may be haunted by ghosts. The inhabitants of the island think it might be uh, haunted by ghosts. So you have to go and find out what's going on. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, it, they're both both of them are very short games. They're only about an hour each. Um 
But the thing that I just love about both of these games is the humour because Grace Brooksner, the developer, um, and Thomas Bowler for the second, uh, Bowker, sorry, for the second one as well, just has, they both, she has a very absurd sense of humour. <laughs> so there's just funny moments like in the, the latest one, uh, one of the inhabitants is this rhino called Mary um, who loves singing um it's there's no voice acting but i think that actually plays to it it's it's advantage because you can just imagine how all the characters sound like um and basically she likes to go outside and sing at 3 a.m in the morning and so when you speak to everyone else they're like oh yeah i soundproofed my house because mary was out again (laughs) singing (laughs) um so it's just sort of little funny things like that all the characters are very very odd there's martin in the first game the sloth who is uh, really jumpy and will kind of, when you try and speak to him, he'll, be, he'll sort of just jump out of his skin. Um, there's, um, in the second one, there's a, an eye patch wearing lion called Ralph. Um, so, yeah. Name. That's a good yeah. name for a lion. Ralph is a good name. So, yeah. Scary name for a lion. <laughs> Terrifying. Ralph. <laughs> Ralph the lion. Uh, yeah. So, it's basically, there's a collection of bizarre characters. You get to, and it, there's this kind of deadpan humor that is used throughout and the thing i love as well is the way that the characters are drawn uh they're all they all look kind of gormless and they have these sort of blank faces so they'll they'll say something really weird and then it will just cut to the frog detective who's sort of staring there like um what what are you talking about um yeah uh, the music actually we're talking about untitled goose game it's it's done by the same composer of untitled goose game dan golding um nice really way there <laughs> yes and um and i that's really good as well because it's funny because it's it's actually sounds like the sort of soundtrack that would be used for a more serious noir game so the music's really kind of uh feels like a proper detective uh game soundtrack and then you're like this little frog interviewing you know a cat called susan so it's just i love how it kind of leaps between the sort of seriousness and then you know you're you're a little frog with a magnifying glass basically um but yeah very short games the puzzles are kind of non-existent there's a lot of there's sort of fetching items for different characters uh like um there's this uh fashionista anteater who has lost all her pies and you have to find her pies uh (laughs) as you do um so it's just things like so it's nothing that you know you wouldn't need a hint system or anything but yeah it's just it's a wacky world and there's even a little notebook that you get to decorate with stickers so what what more can you want (laughs) quite frankly it's got things like a little smiling fried egg on it so (laughs) if if you want a bit of a, a light relief from she sees red i would suggest frog detective too I mean, that would be a great double bill, I think. (laughs) (laughs) She sees red for this very dark, violent game, and then Frog Detective 2, in this case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It it sounds kind of similar in the sense of, you know, humor and all to Clam Man, from what I'm imagining. That was also what I was thinking. (laughs) I've actually not played Clam Man, but having loved Frog Detective, I think I'm going to have to play it because it sounds. I think you would, and vice versa. I think me and Thomas will probably have to play Frog Detective 1 and 2 now. At least I will. Because it sounds right up my alley, you know, with the sense of humor and everything uh, in it. And actually, I'm just reading some uh, some of the reviews on Steam. Um, and this one reviewer called It's Stinky Time. <laughs> That's the name <laughs> of the reviewer. And I won't read a full review because it's long, but they say, I don't think I've ever played a better game in my life. 
the suspense that is built through Frog's questioning is absolutely riveting and will keep you always wanting more. And now they, they go on to say that I feel that for everything that I or others may say about this game, it can be described in one simple word, Frog. And if that doesn't make you want to play the game, then I don't know what will. I, I highly recommend Frog Detective Do, and I believe it is the best game of the, dec- of the decade. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so high praise indeed. Now, I that, mean, was from, the, that was the developer who broke yeah. that? Uh, probably, yeah, or the developer's mother. <laughs> now, actually, from the developers about this game, they have in big letters that are jumping up and down, big words, they say, this is a short game, exclamation mark. And they say, it's a sequel to Frog Detective or the Haunted Island, which was loved by all, asterisk. Then after that, they say, except for one user on Steam, we called it a middle finger and a waste of $5, but we can't win them all. I know, boo to that person. But it has got uh, very positive reviews, this game on Steam. And I think everywhere, I think, you know, a lot of people might enjoy from what I'm hearing. It's... um, it sounds, yeah. you know, very funny. I was just seeing some of the dialogue that you sent as well. I think um, it's just the thing about it is it's just a real sort of comfortable game. It's just like there's no all the the best thing I think about it almost is all the characters um, don't really care about anything. They're just kind of really flippant. So um, you know, a lot of the characters sort of bluntly um, insult Frog Detective because <laughs> they often refer to him to his face as the second best detective because the best detective is Lobster Cop. Um, and he's always like, oh yeah, no worries, and just like carry, and they're like, yeah, cool, whatever, and just like carry on, and everyone's sort of really positive in that way. I don't know, I just kind of enjoyed how everyone was really like, yeah, cool, and then just like got onto something else. Um, it, it's just like really well written, I think. Yeah, well, I think we all need a game that would just make us smile and laugh. Exactly, it's something you know. What what do you need? And again, what I've just noticed is it's yet another animal detective game <laughs> yes they're everywhere <laughs> that, well, that is the should... story of 2019 animal detective games and 2020 because we'll have more games with a backbone yeah. coming out definitely and uh, lord winklebottom investigate they should definitely have an you know an ensemble like the avengers with all of the animal detectives all in one game that would be amazing um but uh but yeah and it does sound very similar to Clamman as well we're seeing like the developers that all they really wanted to do was make the player laugh. I mean, make a good game as well. But that what they really wanted to do is make the players laugh, which I can get on board with. So, Because yeah. um, as I said, we all need it, I think. No matter where you are in the world, there are times when you just want to play a game that's short, that won't take, you know, 50 hours, and that where you laugh. Um, so... I think so making, making the player laugh is an underrated goal in gaming. Absolutely. It's not easy. It's no. uh, uh, because sense of humor, I think, is so subjective and around the world as well. But sounds yeah. like this game succeeds uh, that way in its objectives. And it's and you can get this in a bundle with Frog Detective 1, which uh, is uh, six, $6.82 or €6.82 now. So, okay. again, for $5, you can get two, these two games, which will... Uh, make players laugh as well. So yeah. there's Frog Detective 2, The Case of the Invisible Wizard. And uh, if you, uh, my review for Adventure Gamers will be going up uh, at some point this week, I think. So ch- check that out as well for, plug, for plug, more plug, thoughts plug. on Frog Detectives. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. You can get more detail what Laura thought of that game. So um, 
Yeah, sounds like it could be game of the decade. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Uh, uh, no. I have added it to my wish list. Yeah. No, me Yay. too, actually, and I might I might get it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that is Frog Detective Two: The Case of the Invisible Wizard. And finally, speaking of games to make you laugh, the next, which I'm sure will also be comedy games of the decade, The Walking Dead: The Final <laughs> Season. <laughs> Or maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just my sense I, of humor. I don't think it's supposed to make you laugh, Joshua. <laughs> no, it, I, it's... and you don't have a sense of humor that we're aware Ooh. of. So, <laughs> oh, shots fired! <laughs> well, Thomas, uh, I must have really offended you sometime. Uh, well, anyway, um, so yeah, so I recently had a chance to finish. Uh, to play The Walking Dead at the final season. So just a little bit of background for people who might not know. This game, it was initially always intended to be the last game in The Walking Dead series by Telltale. The, the game, developers started working on this when Telltale, previous Telltale was still around. But midway through development of this game, that was when Telltale collapsed and you know went bankrupt and fired most of their employees including the people working on this game so for quite a while it looked like we would never get the ending of this game and of course this is the fourth season uh we've been playing we've been following clementine's story since 2012 so people were distraught online and you know, they were nearly more distraught about Clementine than about the actual people who lost their jobs. Yeah, that's that's also you know, something. You saw you 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 heard that. Sorry to interrupt here, but no, go ahead. That 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 happened recently again. You know, when the studio that made the Sonic uh, the special effects for the Sonic movie, right, they went <laughs> bankrupt, and all people were about, oh, I hope they finished their game. I hope they finished the, oh, they finished their their work, dude. That's that's. Uh, God knows how many people just lost their jobs. You know, who, I know. who gives a shit about their work? They lost their job because and 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 the the movie the the, the company who creates the movie is probably going to make millions off of it. Mm-hmm. I know. I didn't know that that company went out of business. But yeah, the same happened with Life of Pi. The guys who make the 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 tiger and most of the uh, special effects they won an Oscar for it, and then they went bankrupt because yeah, oh, they didn't get paid uh... enough. Oh, that's a real shame. But you see, um, you see it happening a lot, a lot lately in mm-hmm. special effects companies because people are are expecting top-notch special effects for bottom prizes nowadays. Yeah, well, that's a real shame. Um, but the good news about this is, at least there is good news, that after Telltale uh, went bankrupt and uh, Skybound, who were the publisher, who are the publishers of the Walking Dead comics. They got involved because they recently started their own game publishing uh, company or side of the company. And so somehow they were able to get these developers back and complete the series and finish the last two episodes. So there are four episodes altogether. So they got, I believe, most of the people working on this game back. Um, So the very fact that this game was finished is itself an achievement. It's nearly like a minor miracle because I'm pretty sure that... um, Working conditions, you know, were not good. It was a lot of uncertainty in particular. So to, again, full, full credit to the writers and, you know, the developers, you know, the artists, everybody who worked on this game to finish this game for the fans, because I said they didn't know what's going to happen to them afterwards, but they really put all their heart and soul into this. And it you can really tell with this game. So 
Um, I'm going to be as vague as I can about the story because I don't want to give any spoilers. Uh, you know, giving just editing could be a spoiler of, you know, season three. So, but anyway, you play this time as Clementine. So you played in season three as Javier. And I know a lot of people are complaining because they wanted to play as Clementine again. She was just a, really a bit part in season three. But thankfully, we play as her again in season four. Uh, she ends up in this boarding school with other kids. And um, so things seem to be going okay. But then as you go further into really episode one, you see that maybe not everything is quite as it seems. And, you know, then stuff happens, shall we say, as all the things that happen in The Walking Dead and some really shocking things as well. And she's, again, without giving spoilers, also looking after a kid. So throughout the game, choices you make not only affect your character Clementine, who is a kid herself in this game, she's about 14, 15, but she's looking after a kid as well. And they will affect the person that he will become. So, you know, if you decide to kill people or let them live, then, you know, you'd be teaching him kind of how to live in this world. Um, it was really nice to see how Clementine interacted with other people her own age um, you know, in this game because when she was with other children in the game in previous seasons, uh, you could see how mature she was compared to other kids. You know, she was looking after them in that game as well. Um, so, again, I don't want to give too much away about the story. And... Uh, the, the gameplay, it is very similar to the previous three seasons. So you do make choices in the game. So, you know, do you go with this person? Do you go with that person? How do you respond? And then, of course, such a person will remember this. But there are some subtle differences that the developers have tried to make some changes and make some, you know, improvements, if you will, to this game. There is, did feel like there was more exploration and more interactivity and more gameplay because... One of my biggest criticism complaints of the previous three seasons of Walking Dead is that you know lack of interactivity. That it did, it did seem like you were just one interactive movie at times and just picking dialogue options. It is still a little bit like that in this game, but there is definitely more exploration and more interactivity. You interact with more hotspots. Now again, there's no real puzzles. The puzzles are the choices that you make, uh, but then. Also, one of the changes that was made was with uh, the QuickTime events. So I don't know if you remember the QuickTime events in previous seasons or previous Telltale games. There was a difference here that you are playing as a child. So when you're dealing with the walkers, you have a choice as well how to deal with them. You press E to kick them in the legs and you know stun them and bring them to your level. And then you can press Q and stab them in the head. Or you can stab them in the head uh, directly, but then... Clementine is smaller, so that will take longer. And at that stage, then other walkers could come and eat you. And this is one of the things as well that I did appreciate the changes that they made, but then the quick time events are more challenging. And I did die quite a bit because you also have to figure out the positioning of Clementine with the walkers to try and get through a horde. There's also a section in the game where you have to decide whether or not to actually kill, quote-unquote, the walkers, or just to stun them. And again, it makes sense within the game. Um, and it did fire. I was able to get through it, but again, people should be aware that the quick-time events are more challenging in this game. Um, but uh, then with the graphics, again, looks pretty similar. It's the same engine. I believe this was the last time that Telltale were going to use this engine. I believe they're going to use a different engine for the future games. 
but the graphics, they look similar to previous games, but again, there are some improvements. They're recaps. They just have stills, black and white stills that were really cinematic and it is narrated usually by Clementine, well, the actors who played Clementine, mm. and they look beautiful. And then they look more comic booky because with, um, uh, you know, long shots, shall we say, the big, you know, the big uh, scenes where you can see further in the distance, the characters and the walkers, they look very similar to how they looked in the comics. And it did, I know it sounds funny, but it looked beautiful, <laughs> as beautiful as The Walking Dead can look. But you can tell that they really, really went uh, above and beyond to make the graphics look as good as well. And then we have, well, the sound, you know, the music is by Jared Emerson Johnson, I believe, who did the music of the other Telltale games. It's as good as, you know, it was before. And then the voice acting. I think Melissa Hutchison, who plays Clementine, I think she should get an award, you know, or something, because she we've seen Clementine grow. And I think one of the reasons we love this character is also because of the writing, but it's also because of the voice actress, Melissa yeah. Hutchison. And she's an adult. I had no idea until very recently. <laughs> I thought she was a similar age to Clementine, but she isn't. But she plays it so, so well. And all the rest of the voice acting as well, all the rest of the cast, I don't know if there really are children who played uh, characters or, or the actors. Probably not, but they sounded uh, like, they sounded authentic. And again, I loved the... Uh, you know, the voice acting in general. And so definitely, I think, you know, I hope that they get the recognition that they deserve. And, uh, and yeah, de- in terms of story then as well, I suppose one little thing is maybe the villains that we see might be a little bit one-dimensional. But again, it's very minor because overall, I I really love this game. Despite, um, you know, it's dying a lot. I did, I was really, really invested especially in the clementine and then the other kids as well and the other characters that i was really really into it and i could you know while i don't agree with people caring more about the fictional characters than employees of telltale i can certainly understand why they're why people were distraught they would not get the ending to this game um and i was really really uh you know invested and yeah, definitely towards the end because it was it's a tricky thing to finish a game or a story like this. But I think they did a marvelous job with the writing. Um so and I did have yeah, it was very it was very dusty towards the end, you know, in my eyes, shall we say. I had to oh, okay. I had Wait. to pause the game uh because there was quite a few watery things in Someone my eyes. Was chopping onions, were they? Yeah, exactly. Why why are you playing that game in the kitchen? <laughs> exactly, I, I know, right? So, is but, so for you the ending? Did you feel the ending did did the whole series justice? I mean, you don't don't give, give it away or anything. But yeah. for you, you were happy with how it ended. I would yes. say ab- absolutely, because again, you know, it's very difficult uh, to end something like this that's so popular like this. That's you know, because again, I, w- I would love to talk to people. I would love to speak to the, to the writers or developers where we can talk in more detail, but obviously I won't. But yeah, absolutely. I, would, I won't give any spoilers away because it's really leading up to it as well that it was kind of satisfying in a way that you think, okay, this has been seven years that we've been playing these games, we've been following these characters. And I won't say whether it's good or bad in a way, or you know, because it is The Walking Dead and there are shocking things that happen in this game as well. And, you know, but certainly leading up to the ending and then 
they really did take the time to write this story and make it as good as they as they could. And also, you know, there are times when you know with the quick time event or with the action, but also the story they take their time that they really focus on the characters and the character of Clementine and. Again, without revealing, you know, spoiling anything, you can make a choice. Maybe you can have a romance with one of, you know, any of the people there. But you can choose whether you do that or not. And uh, again, it felt satisfying that we see this character grow. And um, it's, it's yeah, like there's, there's some really quiet scenes, you know, just with uh, characters, with the kids sitting around talking. Which was great. I don't know if you guys remember in Avengers Age of Ultron. Now, this is at the point. Uh, do you remember in that scene? I know, very similar to Walking Dead. But do you remember in that, in that movie where uh, the Avengers were just sitting around at a party or just talking and trying to get the hammer? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 It was just like there was no special effects. They weren't really fighting. It was just them just chilling and just talking. And that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Kind of similar in this game. Just having these characters just sitting around chatting. And, okay. you know... It, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, there's some really subtle moments as well, some really, you know, emotional moments as well that are subtle where you could just have characters dancing. And and again, it's, you know, emotional, I think, is definitely one word I would use uh, to describe this game. And then there are other moments that feel like Uncharted. That they're, you know, like big. Uncharted? Yeah, I mean, not as big, but, you know, with things, you know, the environment collapsing and you have to escape um, and you have to, you know, jump, uh, make leaps and all to try and escape a certain place. And uh, again, I don't want to give too much away. I'd love to talk in more detail. But um, but yeah, overall, I would definitely say if you have played seasons one, two and three, definitely play season four. If you haven't played any of the seasons, I would personally definitely recommend play these games. They're not perfect by any means, but I think story wise, you know, it is a series that I think has a very satisfying ending uh, that they've really worked on to try and, you know, really for, for the fans. You can tell that this is a game for the fans. So, um, so yeah, absolutely. I would definitely recommend this game. And depending on the choices you made at the end of Season 2, you could theoretically go from Season 2 to Season 4. But then again, I enjoyed Season 3 as well. Um, you know, maybe not quite as much as the other seasons, but definitely Season 4, I think, is... Nearly as good as season one, I would say. Oh, okay. Well, so. yeah, because I have only played season one and season two. I've not played season three, actually. So, but I would like to give the others a go. Would you? Is would you call this your favorite season then, or what would be your your favorite one? I mean, I think probably. I mean, season one was first of all. I think it was so new, you know. So, yeah. I mean, not original, but it's like nothing I'd played before. Like they didn't reinvent the wheel, but the way they did it. It was exciting, you know, it was, it was felt different. different. And also yeah. Lee was an incredible character that, uh, you know, that you, you do miss. Um, yeah, so just that relationship with him and Clem as well. Exactly. That's, uh, you know, I would have loved to have seen them both, you know, continue. But again, this is The Walking Dead. Um, but that is because her relationship with Lee definitely has an effect in this season. Like it is referenced, you know, a lot and it's kind of... Uh, reinforces the type of person who she is in this game how you know things that lee taught her in season one so it's not like they forget about him <laughs> or redcon him no they do and the thing is that i believe all of the seasons had different writers but it doesn't feel like it no okay it's, I didn't um, 
So, yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say the season three is probably the weakest, quote-unquote, because they had new characters. But still, I enjoyed it. I still liked it. I still recommend it. And I definitely recommend season four. For me, it's nearly just about as good as season one. There's, uh, As I said, there are some frustrating elements with the quick-time events and, you know, things like that. But definitely... I think full, full credit to the developers who really poured their heart and soul into this season, and you can definitely tell. And yeah, I would love to speak to some of them <laughs> sometime in 2020. I hope I can manage it, because I'd love to talk to, to them and also thank them uh, for their work. So yeah, that is this, The Walking Dead, the final season. This is, I believe, available. You can get this through, I believe, Skybound. You can get um, physical editions of this game. You can get the Telltale definitive series with all four games with extras as well bonus content there's a making of documentary and they've made some improvements they said as well so that could be worth getting if you still haven't played these games it's also available on the epic game store as well as a standalone so yeah so that is the walking dead the final season so i think that's it from me (laughs) we're not Uh, staying on (laughs) <laughs> no <laughs> so that is it for yeah. for us then for yeah yeah this is our last regular episode of the year <laughs> wow it'll be it's been it's been one hell of a year it's okay. uh, um yeah well i guess it's thank you well thank the two of you for joining me on this adventure with the podcast and thank i'm really you. looking forward to 2020 where we go next yeah yeah, well, we'll I, I guess one of the first things we'll do is, is do a proper look back at 2019 because there was a lot of good stuff happening in this year. Definitely. It, it fills me with uh, with uh, hope for the future. Uh, amazing stuff going to happen next year. I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it mm-hmm. if, if, if 2019 and 2018 are anything to go by. So, but we we might have we're probably going to have to do a, a best of year, uh, best of list, I guess. Maybe yeah, we can... No, Hand out our first uh, uh, inf- um, informal adventure podcast yeah. award for game yeah. of the year. Yeah, I don't know if we'll all agree. Actually, it might be three different awards. <laughs> uh, yeah, who knows? But, who knows? Yeah, so I think we, uh, you, you know, we might we'll be tr- we we'll try to get back together, three of us, probably early January. Uh, because... I, think, I think we should um, get a panel in every. Uh, European nation, and then we uh, have them assign points to uh, to the uh, uh, to the games, and then yeah. Laura can go through every uh, and, and, then and it could be twelve points, yeah, up to to, 12 points. to nil point. Am I that's saying a, that correctly, Laura? Yeah, nil, nil point. Nil point. Nil point. Yeah. That sounds that sounds very complicated. Who would ever come up with such a system? Yeah, and who would watch it's, that? Yeah, yeah exactly. who would listen to that? Maybe we should have. The, <laughs> You know, so- the best songs in the adventure games as well, like the song in Clan, Clan Man, maybe. Uh, yeah. And oh, there's a song in The Walking Dead as well, which is really lovely as well. Um, of course, if you choose that as well. But yes, no, so I believe that we will be back to three of us probably in early January. We might be a little bit late from Friday because, again, with the Christmas holidays and all, we'll do our best, but to try and get us three back together again at the same time. We and have so many games to play now. Oh, <laughs> I know. Hopefully, we'll oh be. God. I'll try and get as many as I can. Um, I, I, I remember. I'm. I'm. Oh, I'm, I'm going to get old on you now. I remember <laughs> the time when there would, when there would be no adventure games coming out in a year, 
Oh, I remember as well. (laughs) And now I'm like, how on earth am I ever going to play all these cool games? There are so many cool games to play. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's wonderful. We moan. It's a good. Oh, no, no, it's no, a good it's, problem it's, to have. It's, it's a first world problem, and please uh, keep continue making them because if you make them, we'll play them and review them gladly, happily. Uh, yes, no, that's uh, what I wanted to mention as well to any adventure game developer. I'm sure I probably should have mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but any adventure game developers who are listening, and if you're planning on releasing a game in 2020 or a Kickstarter or something, and you want to come on the podcast, do an interview, talk about it, uh, feel free to get in touch. You can get in touch with us at info at adventuregamespodcast.com. And uh, speaking of things you should have mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, how can someone become a Patreon member? Well, I did mention it, but anyway, you <laughs> go to uh, patreon.com forward slash adventuregamespodcast.com and you can see two tiers there and all the information what you get with each tier. So it was $1 or $5 uh, per month. Again, completely optional uh, if you wish. You will get, obviously, for $5 more um, you know, exclusive things. First, again, I need to mention that these episodes will still be regular, will still be for everybody, the review episodes and the full interview episodes. But you get some extras, like I mentioned, my interviews at AdventureX. And from 2020, I will be putting up spoiler special interviews that I do with developers, which I started doing. And ourselves, the three of us, will be doing spoiler specials of games. I imagine we'll be talking about Whispers of Machine and Heaven's Vault. Uh, even maybe two of us who've played games. Uh, you know, I know, Laura, you've played Gibus and Drogon. Maybe you can discuss those games. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for 2020. So you'll get those as well. So again, the you know, information is there on patreon.com forward slash adventure games podcast. And um, yeah, and so... Uh, check so, out, check, also check out our written reviews on the website. Yes, both uh, mainly the, well, mainly you, Thomas. I uh, write some written reviews. I have to start again for over Christmas. I uh, write written reviews for the podcast. And Laura, you write written reviews for AdventureGamers.com. dot com. And so, uh, as I, as I mentioned, I will. Well, we will probably doing the interviews. Uh, what I try to do t- next year is January and February, maybe March do a lot of the interviews to schedule them so that I can then have time to play the games throughout the year. Um, so again, if you are particularly releasing a game in 2020 or a Kickstarter and want to do an interview and have that coincide with your game or Kickstarter, feel free to get in touch with us at info.adventuregamespodcast.com or you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And yeah, we reply to people when they <laughs> message us. And so then, over Christmas, well, we might be taking uh, take a break. We might be not together at that time, but there will mm. still be episodes. Um, next week, I will on Christmas Eve, I'll be releasing a Christmas special where I speak again with Francisco Gonzalez. He was my first guest, so he will be my last guest of the year. Of the year. There will be more than next year, but I had a really fascinating conversation with him. I don't usually like to hype things up, but this was the best thing ever. (laughs) Now, he really, we spoke, uh, he gave an update uh, on Lamplight City that he released uh, developer's commentary on that game. He also gave updates on his uh, next game, Rosewater. And then we spoke about the adventure genre in you know detail he gave his opinions he also talked about he also spoke about his process and how he makes games how he comes up with the stories with the characters with the worlds and everything which was really really interesting 
And yeah, again, you know, he gave his opinions on just about everything with adventure game genre and, you know, games in general. So a really, really good interview with him. That'll be on slightly earlier next week, you know, just in time for Christmas, Christmas Eve. Uh, you can get that. And then after that, uh, you know, I was trying to something, I'm trying to release something for people, but it might be a little bit later. Maybe I'll release uh, one or two interviews that I did at VentureX, you know, to keep people going over <laughs> Christmas. And we will be back then. So, yeah. um, so thank you guys. Any games that you guys are playing now? Um, uh, I think I might give Fairy a doll again. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, that's probably the next one I'm going to have a peek at. We could do another spoiler special on that because that's what I'm playing now. If you've managed to solve your puzzle. <laughs> you probably <laughs> solved it before I do. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, very nice. And you, Thomas? Well, I just uh, finished interrogation and she sees red and I have uh, Sumatra Fate of Yandi, Elsa Nordisk Coalition and uh, many others. And also um, Encased, the uh, post-apocalyptic uh, role-playing game uh, Fallout, heavily inspired by Fallout, um, that I played early access for, has released its first major content update so uh, apparently they made a lot of changes and I'm also looking forward to diving into that. So I have so much, <laughs> so much to do. I, I hope I can get to at least one of those things. Yeah, yeah. Don't start can... with Disco Elysium in that case. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going to try. Well, you can lock yourself in your room, just play the games, forget about the outside world. For... <laughs> uh, if only we could do that at times. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I will. I am playing Fairy of the Isle. I, I hope to finish that this week or by the weekend. And then over Christmas, I will try and get started on interrogation. And, yeah, you should. It's great. And we will then be back in early January for the games of the of the year at the very least. So that's it for this episode and this year from all of us. So again, huge thank you to you guys and thank you for listening, everyone. Yes, um, happy holidays. And uh, yes. enjoy the, the, the food, enjoy the company. Be nice to each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. Merry All Christmas. Keep exactly. on questing. Happy Hanukkah and Hogmanay and yeah. whatever, else, whatever else people celebrate. All if you don't them. celebrate anything, that's also fine. Uh, but I will be back with Francisco uh, next week. Not like you two who have lives, apparently. So, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah sorry. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh so thank you and until next time so we'll we'll speak again in the new year we'll bye bye goodbye so if you like the adventure games podcast then please subscribe rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts please leave a review on itunes if you can as every review helps and reviews will help get the word out especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast now you can also follow me on social media you can follow me on twitter at advent game pod you can follow me on facebook at adventure games podcast you can also follow me on instagram at adventure games podcast as well and we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a Adventure Game developer or a Adventure Game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you 
please may enjoy it. And you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com. So, until next time, thank you.